Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickel. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hello, Freedom Nation. It's Jeff here once again, and another episode of the Freedom Nation podcast. And today's show is going to be a blast. I'm Brian Claytonot. Brian is the CEO of a company that has an app that you're going to love if you didn't know that they exist. But one of the cool things is he did get his Freedom Day. He built a business, got his Freedom Day, went back for a second dip when he was looking at what that next life is. So, Brian, welcome to the show. Jeff, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm so glad to have you on. I'm really excited to to hear the story again, my version, but a little bit more in depth. So why don't we kick it off? Tell us your story. How'd you get to where you are today? Yeah. So today, like you mentioned, I'm CEO of a company called GreenPal. And GreenPal is a mobile app that works like DoorDash or Instacart or Uber, but for lawn mowing services. So if you're a homeowner, or if you are a property manager or invest in real estate and you have lawns that need to be mowed, rather than calling around on Craigslist or Facebook or whatever, you just download GreenPal and pop the address in and you can hire somebody at the push of a button and they come out and take care of it for you. GreenPal is a 10-year overnight success. My two co-founders and I have been at this for over a decade and we have uh, inched our way to uh, now a nationwide network. In every major city in the United States, you can order a lawn mowing service, and we have 300,000 people using the app to get grass cutting. Well, okay. So, let's reverse back, though, because what was your, how did you get started with this? I mean, you have this app, and you, you've got all this stuff with lawn care. How did you How did you get into this? Yeah, I think when you're inventing a new, new product, when you're inventing an app like I was 10 years ago, authenticity can be a competitive advantage. And so, that's one of the only things I guess I had going for me is my first business was a landscaping company. I started mowing grass in high school as a way to make extra cash. And little by little, I grew my little lawn mowing business every year until eventually over 10, 15 years, I, I had 150 employees. And I got that business grown to over $10 million a year in revenue. And I learned a lot in the lawn mowing business, learned, learned how to work in the business and and work learn how to work on the business and, and how to work on myself. And I kind of evolved and grew as an entrepreneur through that for those first 15 years. And 2013, it was acquired. It was bought by a national company that has thousands of employees in the, in the landscaping industry. And and that was, I guess, my my day, my forever day where all my future days were paid for at the, after that moment. I could kind of do what I wanted to do from that day forward. And I tried to retire. I tried to live the good life. I just got done reading a book called uh, The Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Great book. And, and in that book, one of the quadrants is, is one of a capitalist. And he describes this guy as the capitalist. And I thought, that sounds cool. All this guy has to do is just be involved in deals. And like, you know, he just lets capital work for him. And, and uh, that sounds like something I want to do. So, so I thought, I'm just going to do that. And I started doing real estate investing and stuff. And then I got, I got really bored 
after about 60 days and, and really anxious and something was missing. And, and I thought, well, I need another mission. I need another purpose. I need a reason why I should get out of bed in the morning and why it matters and, wh- and why, like, if it wasn't for me, then what? You know, the, the answer to that question always was my business. And so I thought, well, somebody's going to build a platform that, that makes this industry that I know work as easy as Uber is doing for ride sharing might as well be me. And, yeah. and I just, you know, recruited two co-founders. We started working on the idea, never looked back. Love it. Now, how, I mean, I mean, it's a pretty fragmented industry. You've got a few like large firms like you have, but then there's a lot of just Joe average, you know, I've got a lawnmower and I show up. How do you recruit folks to be the, the end or the end uh, providers on your platform? Yeah, it's very fragmented. And, and that's part of the reasons why it's a challenge to do it the old school way. Because the, to your point, there's over a half million small lawn care services in the country that make their living mowing grass. Problem is, it's, it's hard to discover who's good, who's reliable, who's not. They don't have, you know, when you call them, they don't have a receptionist to pick you up. When you call, it's hard to nail them down on a, on a day and a price. And then, and then it's hard to, to keep it straight with how much you owe them. The thing is, nobody teaches any of us how to run a small business. And so the, there's such low barriers to entry in, in the lawn mowing business that as the consumer, you basically are left with having to educate these, these small business owners as to how business gets done. And, and it's really a headache for consumers. For contractors, it's also a nightmare. Making a living in this industry is really hard. You're the last person to get paid in the household bills. It's hard to keep everything straight. It's hard to get new customers. It's hard to organize it all in the most efficient way. And so we set out to build a platform to solve both the, those those sides of, pro, of set of problems for the, the buyers and the sellers. And we started off really, really small in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, recruited 50 contractors off of Craigslist, pitched them on the idea. And back then, the app really sucked. It was hard to use, didn't have all these features I'm talking about. And so, uh, the way I kind of like hand cranked our way through that was I would, I would pitch these guys and gals on, hey, if you would just use my platform to, to, to bid work and conduct transactions, I'll give you free coaching on how to run a lawn mowing business because I know a thing or two about that. Mm-hmm. And so they would stick with me. And so that's how we got through the first two or three years uh, kind of hand cranking the supply. And then we went out, set out and figured out how to market to consumers. And then w- kind of ping pong back and forth. As every year went by, we had to build more stuff for vendors. Next year, we build more stuff for consumers and this kind of triage around what the most uh, important things to be working on at that, at that stage of the game were. That's awesome. To this day, you're now, what, in all 50 states? Or? Yeah. Every major city in the United States, you have, actually, if you live in a town with over 20,000 people, we've got green power in your town. And you can just you can sign up, get quotes. And as a contractor, you can sign up and, and get new business and, and make your life easier. Brilliant. Now, do you, similar to like, uh, like an Uber and stuff like that, do you process the transactions? That's correct. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a, what's called a managed marketplace where the whole experience flows through on the platform. So everything from getting pricing to reading reviews, figuring out who's good, who's not, hiring them, scheduling them, and then paying them right through the app. And then you can push a button and set it for the whole year. You, and property managers love it because they can manage one, two, three, five, ten properties on one dashboard. And it, you, you get photos of the completed work after 
after every job. So like if, if it's an out-of-state property and, and you, you never go there, you can at least know that it's getting mowed every week and somebody's looking out for it for you and you can manage it remotely. That is phenomenal, especially for those that have property in the states and stuff like that. I mean, there's there's properties I've never even walked on the property. So That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, that's fantastic. So, I mean, this it's surprising to me that nobody's come up with this idea before. Now. And yeah, it's one of those things that should exist. That's why we set out to build it. When I started, when I sold my first company and started this one, I made a decision that no matter what, that moment forward, I was going to just be working on my best idea. And in Green Powell has been my best idea in 10 years. So it's made it pretty easy in a way that, you know, it's by default, I'm going to be working on this because it should exist. Yeah. Now, I mean, let's shift back though. It was hard in the first years doing with a deal with this. Yeah. How did, what did you do to keep yourself going? How did you keep yourself going all those years? Yeah. The, the first thing was managing my own psychology because this was kind of my, my mission. It wasn't a hustle to get, get rich or... It, it wasn't like a, I mean, yes, it is a business and it is profitable, but in the early days and early years, it really was my life's work. It was my mission. I looked at it that way. And and because I'd already built and sold a company, which wasn't a massive success, but it was a big enough success where I didn't have to work anymore. I guess you could say maybe it was a single or a double. And now with this one, I'm, I'm swinging for the fences. I'm trying to hit a grand slam. And so no matter what, I'm just going to stay enthusiastic about it as long as it takes to get it working. I had just made that decision that that was my default. And failure was not an option. Quitting was not an option because I had already tried to quit the game and there was no other alternative. And I didn't have any other ideas. And like, this was it. And I, I saw just enough good validation in the early days. You know, it was really hard to get it going, but but people would tell us, you know, all the reasons why the experience sucked and all the reasons why they, they didn't use it anymore. And they would tell us where it needed to be fixed, but they would never say, I don't need this. Yeah. And you could, you could tell, we would speak to every person that tried it out, the first thousand people, because we needed that, R, that free R&D to figure out where to prioritize our efforts. And you could see the look on their face that they were disappointed that it let them down because they wanted it to work. How convenient would it be if I if this did work? Yeah, right. So that was that was validation that this was worth pouring our soul into. That literally it was worth spending ten years on. Had had you just kind of seen apathy or just meh, you know, that, then that's not a good sign. You know, move on to another idea. But but that was enough validation to keep rolling. When your clients are grabbing you by the lapels and go, yeah, just make it. Yeah, please solve this problem for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's awesome. Well, and I and I think you know the the interesting thing for me in your world, it's actually kind of interesting because in all the other ones, all your competitors, I guess, in the other you know the Ubers of the world, the Instagram or the you know, Instacarts and all that. Those are not recurring revenue models. This actually kind of is a recurring revenue model because every week you got to get your lawn mowed. Now they may change around to a different person that's doing the mowing or whatever, but once they find that person, that's right. Boom, they schedule it for the year and and it just goes and goes and goes, which is brilliant. Yeah, that was one of the things that there's many challenges with getting a marketplace like this going, many things that makes it difficult. But there are a lot of things that make it easy in a way. And and the, and the the nature of the business where you always have to have it done, it's always going to be recurring. 
and AI ain't just going to just steal it away from us. It's not going to, it's not going to pull the rug out from under us because until we get like Rosie from the Jetsons cleaning our house, I don't know that we're going to get like robots doing the landscaping maintenance. And so we're, you know, we got, we got 20, 30 years at least where this has to happen. And so, and so, and so the things that make it hard also make it valuable. And I think there's like, there's correlation between the least glamorous, the industry, the greater your chances of success. Yeah. You know, especially for those contractors that aren't necessarily fluent in English. Yeah, I live in I live in Texas. I mean, you come across the border, the first job you can get is something laboring. That's right. You know, you, there's usually one guy on the crew that can speak English well enough to converse with somebody and everybody else speaks Spanish. So, I mean, this makes it a lot easier for them to converse and it gives them a technology platform that they traditionally wouldn't necessarily have. They normally be wandering around neighborhoods putting things on doors yeah some of our it's interesting we have thirty-two thousand contractors that use the platform and some of the standout ones that really excel are our female-owned service providers and our immigrant-owned service providers they really excel on the platform because for they just both of them seem to have more of a proactive mindset and seem to really care about taking care of their customers on like a on like a proportional basis, they always tend to do to do better than their male counterparts, their or or their or their just standard American counterparts. Yeah, plus they work harder. Yeah, <laughs> thank God for them. <laughs> thank God for them. So you know, you've had two successful businesses. Yes, they're overnight successes, but uh, you know, you've had two successes. What do you think is the key to being successful at business, you know, if you were to put it a finger on it. I'm not particularly like talented in any one area. Like, you know, you meet some people and, and you're just like, yeah, this person's a fire. This person's oven burns hotter than mine. Like they're just smarter. You know, I, I can just tell that like, you know, they're just, they're, they're just a brilliant individual. And, and, I, and I see why they're successful. That ain't me. Like I, I, I was like, uh, I barely graduated college. I'm a C student, you know, and, and, and so like, I'm not brilliant or, or talented in any, in any given way. I think, I think for me, it's just like consistency is my superpower. It's just, it's day in, day out looking at, okay, what are the, what are the three things we're focused on right now? What are the inputs? And let's just grind out the inputs. One of my favorite books is Atomic Habits. And, and in that, in that book, he talks about, really a lot of what I kind of just stumbled onto in the last 20 years that you don't rise to the level of your goals. You, you fall back to the level of your habits and whether it's losing weight or being a good husband or, or being a good business person, you fall back to the level of your routines, your habits and your processes and your systems. You, you never really rise to the level of the goal that you put on the chalkboard. It's always the stuff that you're doing day in and day out. And that consistency doesn't add up, it compounds. And you can wake up in a whole new reality, three, five years of, 10 years of consistency. And, you know, we were talking before the show, you know, you said it took, took you 10 years to get your, your day where all your future days were paid for. That's fast. <laughs> you know, that's fast. <laughs> and a lot of people will, will want to reach that day in 24 months. And that's just, you know, that rarely, rarely, rarely happens. Like like your first few years with this business, yeah, it was it was a whole lot of suck at the beginning too, 
those first three to four years were a whole lot of stuck where we didn't make very much money. That's right. You know, there was, it was just a lot of tough at the beginning. And I mean, you know, I own multiple businesses, one of which is a co-working space and watching, you know, small business people over the years. And it's like, as soon as it gets tough, I mean, yeah. almost, you know, I've, I've got a little cartoon that hangs on my wall. that has got a little guy. He's like, you know, there's a guy above him that's turned around and he's walking away and he's got a little, you know, hammer on his shoulder. And the other one is just wailing away at it. There's this wall of diamonds. Yeah. I love, I love that one. Wailing away at it, you know, that's going to get to the diamonds and be done with it. But so many people get to the point where it's just, it gets hard and they just want to quit. It really is that way. I'll go get the, yeah, I'll just go back and get a job. Okay, fine. But yeah. You know, and, and the thing is in five years, you'll arrive somewhere. What's that, what's that reality going to look like? And the business can be the answer to that. The business can be the vehicle. At least it has been for me. I mean, I have been able to do things and experience things and lead people and set, take on challenges that I never in a million years would have been able to do had I not been in business for myself. Yeah. And so the business is kind of the vehicle that takes you places that you would never be able to go otherwise that makes your life interesting and makes it rewarding and fulfilling. Well, and it's it's also the fact that, you know, I mean, when you finally get past the grinding stage, you wake up in some mornings and it's like, you know what? If I don't have appointments, I'm probably not going to go into work that day. Isn't that nice? That's a day that that's a that is something that you earn. Yeah. And yeah, I, I feel like that from time to time myself. And and I'm like, you know what? Uh, it's, it's 20 years that I've spent earning that choice. Yeah. And to be able to say, okay, from this day forward, I'm going to do what it is I want to do. And if you want to work a hundred hour a week, it doesn't feel like work. Because that's what you chose to do. That's what you want to do. And, and it's, it's what you enjoy doing. I mean, that's, that I think was the, the biggest thing for me when I reached that point for me, which was, you know, a year ago. And I reached that point and I literally sat down for almost a two-week period. And I looked at everything I was doing, volunteering, businesses that I was in, all the stuff. And I looked at it and said, okay, this is the, the beginning of the rest of my life at this point. And I just started eliminating things that didn't make me happy. Yes. There were things I was doing, you know, volunteer things that I was doing that I was unhappy with. And I'm like, just don't have to do that anymore. I could just write a check. Yep. And you earned that. Yeah. Now you can't start. Uh, the problem is a lot of these, these, these younger entrepreneurs want to start with that mindset. <laughs> it's like, eh, no. You got to pay some dues. <laughs> I mean, what you don't understand. I mean, you and I are kind of similar age. I mean, what you didn't understand is, you know, you can just go out there, open up a YouTube channel, and then, you know, like six, seven months down the road, you'll have a million followers and you're making, you know, hundreds of millions dollars a year. So it's just, we we just did it the hard way. <laughs> That's the only way I know to do it. <laughs> we just slugged it out and did it the hard way. I mean, it's there's it's so many easier ways to do it. That's true. In many ways, I think it's easier than it's ever been, but maybe it's also harder than it's ever been. It's easier to get started. There's more, there's better tools. Uh, you know, I just sit there and think about, you know, 15 years ago, I, I employed three people just to manage payroll in my business. And these days, 
I mean, I could do that in my spare time an hour a week with the tools we have available. So in many ways, it's easier and it's also easier to learn. You can go to YouTube University and learn anything you need to learn to get started, to, to get in the game. Whereas this stuff, I mean, when I was trying to learn how to grow my landscaping business, I spent thousands of dollars on cassette tapes yeah. that were recordings from an industry conference that I couldn't afford to go to. And they were cassette tapes. And these were the secrets to running a, a successful landscaping company. And they were helpful, but that was the only way you could get that information. For those of you younger in the audience, a cassette tape was like about an hour worth of what is on your iPad that you've got or on your iPod that's got like 30,000 things. This was one thing <laughs> in that bottle. I used to pop them in the truck and listen to that tape while going from yard to yard mowing grass. And hey, it was what I needed at the time and it was the only way I could get the information. But these days you could get 10 times better information for free instantly. What a time to be alive. Or the good, yeah, the good days of uh, having the double tape recorder and you went to the library and rented the... <laughs> Yeah, the the famous guys that you couldn't afford to buy the set. Yeah, exactly. Not saying I ever did that. <laughs> right, right, right. I heard. I heard that's what you could do. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think it is easier in some ways, but I think the, the easiness of it, of, well, I can just watch it on YouTube and I'm instantly an expert in it. You know, I think that's been the challenge, I think, for a lot of younger entrepreneurs is they don't have the they don't have the staying power to it, and you've got to get that staying power in. That yeah, you might have the knowledge, but it's still going to take work. It totally consistency, and I think you know, like you said, Atomic Habits is one of the greatest books I've ever read because it was just that. It's like little tiny small things that you keep doing over and over. Exactly get you there. Exactly, and you know, there's so many it's so many parallels. To this in business and life, you know, you, you can, let's say you want to learn how to, you want to learn boxing. You can sit here and watch as many, you learn how to be a decent boxer. I, I, I recently started taking boxing classes five years ago. And one thing I learned was you can watch a million YouTube videos and, and watch a million Instagram reels about uh, technique and whatnot. And you don't learn anything until you spar. And business is just like that. No business plan survives first touch with the customer. And the only way you learn how to get a business going is, is to put in the reps and spar with the customer and a set of customers. And that's how you learn. It's how you, it's how you figure out how to do what you're, what you're trying to do. You got to put the reps in. And I see a lot of founders want, wanting to, and over-indexing on planning and less on doing and it's like, you know, you don't have 10 customers. Let's let's forget about the brand. Let's forget about what our company culture policy is going to be. Let's forget about all these things, even the social media strategy. I don't let's just go get 10 customers. Yeah. And then then we'll worry about all these other things. When you get 10 customers, go get 100. Customers. Right, right. Then <laughs> <laughs> we'll start worrying about some of that the, the glitzy stuff. Exactly. But that but but going and getting 10 customers is not fun. You know, you got you got pass out you got to pass out flyers, you got a cold call, cold email, you got a prospect. It's not fun. It's not the not in the movie The Social Network, there was no <laughs> there, there there was no scenes uh, where Mark Zuckerberg was passing out flyers. You know, it's like no, no entrepreneurial movie like everywhere where the business is built like that that's like set the music montage. Like it's not fun to watch. It's not, it's actually quite boring. It actually sucks. Yeah. <laughs> about, about the only time that I ever saw the work side of it was the founder. Yeah. Great. What, what a great movie. I mean, even, even 
a scene I remember of that movie was when Michael Keaton, Ray Kroc, was was just visiting a, a McDonald's, and he was picking up trash in the parking lot on his way into the store. Yeah, that is what that is a true representation of of the mindset of a founder. Be yeah, being an entrepreneur. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, it, it that's the one movie that I will say pretty much accurately lays out what it is to be an entrepreneur. Yep. Another, you know, 10, 15 year overnight success. What a great movie. Well, cool. So let's transition to the fast five questions. It interested to hear your your comments on that. So first off, wake up in the morning. Business is totally gone. You have 500 bucks in your pocket, laptop, computer, place to stay. What are you going to do first? Well, you know, it took me 10 years to get where I am now. And I think I could do it again and maybe two. So now I have that knowledge and I could and I could just run through building this platform again in two years. And I would probably, I would probably raise capital to do it. I, I did it. I didn't raise capital to build this business. And so so my co-founders and I own 100% of the company, which is rare for a tech business like ours. But this time around, because I know everything to do, I would raise capital and move quickly. Now, let's say I, I didn't have that knowledge and and I had to start all over again without the knowledge of of building a tech company. What would I do? I still love the idea of, of the blue-collar millionaire. I, I still love the idea of working a real simple business and grinding it out for five or ten years and becoming self-sufficiently, you know, wealthy enough to where you don't have to have a job. And you can do that in a in a home cleaning business, landscaping business, roofing company, painting business, any home services business, HVAC. You can spend a decade in any of those businesses and intelligently build them and and become independently wealthy in a decade, sell it, and then get on first base, then swing for the fences. So I would probably do something like that and maybe think about it almost like a tech company. Like if you if you started an HVAC business today and just figured out a way to make make the customer experience so delightful using technology, making the 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 service so consistent using tools available to founders today, you could outwork your competition and probably offer a premium service at a better rate than these established, you know, old school incumbents. So, you know, I would take one of those two paths, given the, the, the circumstances. All you need is a little technology and someone to actually answer the phone. That's right. Yeah, half the time, half the time you're going to beat most of your competition as it is. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. What's the biggest business mistake you've ever made? I think anytime I've ever tried to delegate something that I didn't know anything about always blew up in my face. So when we started GreenPal, I didn't know how to code. I didn't know how to write software. I had never done any of that. So the first thing we did was is we outsourced all of the mobile app development and website development to a, to a third-party shop thinking they'll just build it and we'll market it. And we wasted $150,000 in like a year of our time doing that because we didn't know the first thing about how to build software. And so it was delegation from uh, abdication. It's like, you, I don't know how to handle this. You do it. Yeah. That that always blows up in my face. You should delegate from a standpoint of stewardship. It's like, okay, here's how we do this here. Here's why we do it this way. This is how long it should take. Here's the standard operating procedure for how we do it. Here's when we expect it back. Here's how we're going to judge quality. Here's how much we think it should cost. You know it in the end, you're delegating it from the standpoint of stewardship. 
so the, one of the biggest mistakes I made was trying to be in the tech business and not knowing the first thing about tech. It'd be like opening a restaurant and never having cooked a meal. And so it was pretty silly. It was a hard mistake to learn. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it, and it happened so many times. I mean, I, I was part of a, yeah, I got brought in by one of the kids that I worked with on an incubator program and helping him out. And, you know, he didn't really understand the tech. They abjugated it to a, a group in India to do it. And I mean, it, it never seems to get moving forward. And I'm like, okay, here's these very obvious mistakes that are happening and we just got to get it moving forward. And it just never could move forward. It's tough. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, not to poo poo on engineers in India, they have the best engineers in the world. The problem is, is they're, they're misdirected. They're not being put to work on the things they're supposed to be putting the, you're supposed to put them to work on because you don't know. This was the mistake that I made. You know, I didn't know how to, how to organize engineers, uh, you know, into building on a product roadmap. I'd never done it before. So I had to learn all those things from scratch the hard way. That's why it took a 10, took 10 years and why I could do it in two now. Yeah. That's awesome. What's a good book that you'd recommend for our audience? Oh man. You know, some classics, the E-Myth by Michael Gerber and then four hour work week, four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Those are two really good books that you should probably read a couple of times. E-Myth is great because it, it just, you can sit there as a small business owner and read it and it'd be like nodding your head. Uh-huh. Yep. That's my life. Yes. I'm making these mistakes. Uh-huh. And so that's a great book. Four-hour work week is awesome about, you know, even though it was written 15, 17 years ago, it's, it's, it's about systems. It's about delegating. It's about processes. And any business owner needs, needs to know that stuff. Another uh, favorite of mine is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. The concept of delegation from stewardship versus delegation from abdication is is one of the seven habits. So those are three of my favorites that are tactical and philosophical about business. Everybody who listens to the show knows that I have like the most world, the world's most dog-eared copy of Four Hour Work Week. Yeah, I've lit and read it four times a year for the last. That's awesome. He needs to he needs to touch it up and and re release it for twenty twenty four. I'm sure he's thought about it a million times. I, I think he, I think he's probably tired of being the life hack guy, but man, what a helpful manual on changing the way you think about business. But honestly, I still go back to it. And yes, all the stuff inside of it, like the, the different websites that are in there have changed and everything else. So it's not useful from that perspective, but the concepts are insanely useful. Yes. It reminds me every time I go back in that I'm like, why am I doing all this? Right. Why am I not delegating this stuff out? Why am I holding all this stuff in? And you know, email very much the same thing. But but I think from a from a smaller business perspective, just absolutely the concepts are just you should drill into those over and over again. Yeah, the thing that both those books talk about is the difference between hard work and difficult work. Yes. Hard work is just working your you know your your hands to the bone. And just really working your ass off in the business. Difficult work is like 10 times more challenging. You get to think through the system that's going to execute that thing and how you're going to like codify it to where other people can do it. It's much, much more challenging. It's difficult work. And none of us want to do the difficult work. I hate doing difficult work. But if you invest your time in it, you can wake up in a whole new world three or four or five years later. Most profitable work. That's That's right. High leverage. What is a tool that you use in your business every day that you might recommend to our audience? I'm looking at my tabs right now. I've, I've got about 40 tabs. 
left to right, and I've got a, I've got seven Trello boards open. So Trello, nice free tool, Kanban tool. It's existed. I don't know. I don't know how how long the Kanban charts existed. Maybe maybe fifty hundred, two hundred years could be. You know, and and just organizing things as they as they flow through the different states of of completion, and it's free. What an awesome tool! So I love Trello. So you get too crazy and have too many of them, and then you have to start paying for it. Yeah, yeah. Which I feel bad. Like I, I have used it for now a decade. I don't think I've ever paid for it. And you know, like they want to like upsell you on the on the storage, but I just use a Google Drive link and different things. I'm so I, I probably owe them a lot of money now that I think about it. So <laughs> I got a friend that runs a uh, a, a uh, roofing business, and you know he. Like you were saying, you know, it's like, hey, you you go out there, you maybe restart another business like that again. And John's the funny one, you know. He's like, I'm in the roofing business. He goes, I'm in the sales. That's right. I'm not in. The, I'm not in the roofing business at all. I'm a sales company. That's right. That happens to do roofing, you know. Exactly. Passes it through to the people to do the work, and then he collects the money and everything else. And he's the one that introduced me to to Trello. Yep. Look at his desk, and he's got like six monitors up, and all his Trello boards on him. And he's in the sales and systems business, and and the roofing is just almost doesn't matter. It's like you know, like going back to the founder, McDonald's being in the real estate business, and and the hamburgers being the vehicle to for that. You know, figure out what business you're in, and if you can get in the sales business, you know that's how you build a business and and not be self employed. Whereas, you know, I was for over 15 years building my landscaping company. I was probably self-employed for most of it. The business piece of it didn't come together to the, to the latter part of it. So, yeah, I like that. He's in the sales business. Yeah. Last question. What's your definition of freedom? You know, we talked about it a little bit. Freedom to me is, is being able to work on the things that I want to work on and being able to sow seeds of opportunity for people in my, my company that, that work on the, on the mission uh, with me. And then also people that use my products. That to me is a lot of fun. That to me feels, doesn't feel like work. So then it feels like freedom. And, and like you said earlier, you know, if I don't want to work a particular day, I, I, I have the choice to do that. If I want to take off for a month and go travel, I can do that. That's true freedom. And you know, it, does money buy happiness? No, but money does solve all your money problems. And if you can figure out a way to get to that day where all of your future days are paid for, no matter what, at least you're not going to worry about a lot of like the, the stress that comes with not having enough money. It can free you up to swing for the fences and to do the big thing. The, the one, one thing is a lot of people want to do the big thing right out of the gate. And it's like, oh, I know us. Well, you're talking about a fifty million dollar business here, buddy. Let's let's go start a, a million dollar business and and get a track record, and then we can do the big thing after that. You know, it's hard to like come out the gate swinging like that. Well, and it's also way the hell harder to start a million dollar business than it is a fifty million. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, that's success for me. Hell of a lot. <laughs> totally. That's awesome. Well. Right. If somebody wants to learn more about GreenPal and use your services and all that, what's the best way to find out more? Yeah, GreenPal.com. Just go there, sign up, get free quotes, hire somebody. If, if you are in the lawn mowing business, you can go there also and sign up. And then anybody wants to hit me up, just find me on Instagram, Brian M. Clayton. Drop me a DM there. Brian. Okay. Well, we'll put all that stuff inside the show notes. Brian, thank you for being on and telling your story. It was awesome, man. I, I loved it. 
Well, thank you, Jeff. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. Great conversation. Folks, we do these for you uh, twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So make sure that you are subscribing to the channel wherever you're at, whether it is on the audio version of this on all the podcast channels or if you're watching us on YouTube and seeing our bright shining faces on there, whichever, make sure you subscribe and hit that little up thumb button and let us know that you're out there and put a comment in it. You can. So thanks a lot. And we'll see you guys back here the very next time. Thank you for listening to the freedom nation podcast. You can find us on Apple podcasts and all the major channels, wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own freedom day, please share with them. Finally, join freedom nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.